1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA a member FDIC. Let's talk it out with Odyssey NFL insider, Jason Locke and for a host of the Odyssey original podcast in the huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes covering the entire league. Jason, welcome. It's great to have you today, ma'am. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your answer to that? Like, If we had told you at the beginning of the year, I I think Chase Young to the 49ers for a comp third, most people would be like, yeah, thumbs up. But how wild is it that they had to go out and fortify what was already a massive name defensive line? Yeah, well, I
0: think you guys just hit on, though. I mean, sometimes the the names and the production aren't aligned, right? And the Bosa situation is different and the off season was different and the summer was different. And you know um, what did he come into that game with two and a half sacks. So, you know, it's sort of, it is, it is what it is. And we've seen times where their interior defensive line is on another plane than everybody else, but they're getting, they're getting beat up, right. They're getting gouged a little bit on, on the ground. Um, And it's not what you thought it was going to be off the edge. And I mean, it's trite and it's a cliche, but it's also true. Like, who, who doesn't have room for, you know what I mean, a, a, an elite pass rusher who he's got his warts. And, look, he, he might be among their walking wounded soon enough because that's certainly been a part of his uh, brief NFL career, a big part of it. And it's why you got him for what you got him for. But when he's available, he, he can win up front. I mean, he can win one-on-one battles. He's someone that even if he's in a funk, everybody's aware of him when he's on the field he's an athletic freak um he has incredible ability and there you can look at his pressure rates you can look at his win rates and and it's elite um you know freelancing and this or that i mean i you know whatever like if 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 you're producing like a great player you know i don't think people are going to you know, who's talking about Steph Curry's threes all that often? You know what I mean? And this guy's <laughs> not that, but right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Oh good. yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Like that stuff. I'm kind of like, whatever, man. Um, if he's who he was drafted to be and he performs anything like that, uh, this is an absolute steal. And whether it turns out to be a rental or the precursor to something larger um, when you're in super bowl or bus mode, it that stuff is, you know, that's tabled, man. That's, This isn't like the Bears with Montez Sweat where they better get that dude signed. You know what I mean? Immediately before he gets hurt or before his price value goes up or whatever. This is a little different. Um, This is to try to win with this guy right bleeping now because that's all that matters. And if they didn't do it, somebody else would have done it. And I'm actually surprised that the price was that low because I'm surprised more people didn't do it. Like, honestly, if I'm Seattle, and I get it, they're they're different positions, but we're still talking D-line. What would you rather have? Would you rather have Chase Young for this, or would you rather have Leonard Williams for that? I'd rather Chase Young for this.
2: Yeah, yeah. That dovetails right into my question. What do you make of this market? I mean, is John Lynch just the greatest general manager in the history of football, or why were there why were there so few bidders that the yeah. Commanders had to take a, a you know a co- a compensatory third for a guy who was the second pick in the draft and was having a good start to his year?
0: Yeah, I, I'm. Look, I'm. I am surprised about the price, even with the injuries and some of the dips in productivity. And I mean, there've been rumors about him not being long for that place for a while. Uh, I, I still thought it would have been. I thought it would have been more. Um, I, I mean, maybe some people did their research on him and they just didn't think the juice was worth the squeeze. Uh, this was a look. This was also a very strange deadline in that. Um, and I actually just have a piece up at the Washington Post about this right now. I talked to a lot of people this morning who were involved in trades that were made and trades that they thought were going to be made that weren't. And things got a little sideways this weekend, right? A lot of people were shopping with the Raiders, and numerous general managers thought at the very least Hunter Renfro was gone. And then, you know, the owner decides at some point over the weekend he's probably going to fire these guys no matter what. And as of Monday afternoon, lines of communication are shut down and people are having a difficult time figuring out, hey, do we have a deal? Don't we have a deal? Who's in charge there? McDaniels is about to coach a game. You know what I mean? Ziegler's like, I don't really know. I can't really tell you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, like, that, that bogged things down. You know, the Tennessee Titans win a football game. Most people didn't think they were going to win. And they won it with the quarterback looking like, um, you know, uh, bombs away. And so all of a sudden, their tone changed, and Sean Payton beat Andy Reid, and you could make the argument they outplayed Andy Reid's team twice in three weeks, and this time they beat him and beat him handily. And they went from saying, you know, whispering, hey, two ones and something else for Sertain, to not returning phone calls, to kind of changing their tune, you know what I mean, and saying, yeah, like, it's going to be, you're going to have to give us the the moon and the stars for Sertain, and we really don't want to trade Simmons anymore either, and like, so there was a lot of sort of about face and a lot of things going on. And then there are also some front offices that are incompetent, like the Chicago Bears, who (laughs) wait until the last minute to say, you know, in the middle of the night, send out, you know, correspondence to other teams saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this player is now available, and you can start contacting the agent without worrying about tampering. And they're like, well, that would have been great to know 24 hours ago, um, not 12 hours before the deadline. So, you know, you had that going on. Um, you had the Giants, right? Not not restructuring certain contracts beforehand, well beforehand, and getting players down to the minimum who you want to trade, so that it's easier to acquire them at the deadline, so that both teams aren't left holding the bag. A Dory Jackson. So I think it was a you know it was a confluence of a lot of events. Some GMs not really having the balls, frankly, to talk to their owner and tell them how dire it is and to make sure that the owner's on board, you know, a week or five days or three days before the deadline, you know, not having to run back and forth and see what Mommy and Daddy think of this and Mommy and Daddy think of that. Like, time is of the essence, especially when we get to Monday, and especially with two teams who are active at the deadline or at least had intentions of being are playing a football game that night. So I think all that probably has something to do with why we didn't see more in general, um, but there was certainly no shortage of conversation.
1: Odyssey NFL Insider Jason LaComforo with us here on ninety five seven. The game, Jason, can we dive a little deeper into that that Chase Young situation on the field, off the field? Is it a little bit of both? Like, what 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 do you hear about Chase Young's character? I mean, as it
0: depends who you talk to, you know i. I I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think Chase Young is a bad person. Um, I think Chase Young, I mean, I think you also have to look at, like, what he was drafted into. I mean, he's drafted in to become the face of that franchise at a time when the Dan Snyder stuff is really hitting the fan, you know, and Ron Rivera is put in charge of a whole lot of stuff that he has no business being in charge of. Ron Rivera should be a defensive coordinator at this point in time, I guess. But certainly running every aspect of football operations um, didn't make a lot of sense. And then, you know, it, there's, there's injury concerns. And I, I just, they've mismanaged so many careers there. And I covered that team for five years. And, you know, under that previous owner. And, like, what, you tell me what went right. You know what I mean? They, they FDRG free thing up after one year. Like I, so I, it's hard for me not to look at it through that lens. Like, everything was jaundiced there. You had routinely people put in positions of authority they had no right being in. You had an owner who would play favorites, who was a lunatic, who'd be your best buddy one day and hate your guts the next, and meddling in things he shouldn't be meddling in and cultivating personal relationships he shouldn't be called. Like, I, I don't know, man, you know? Like, it, it's hard to take a lot of stuff seriously when that's who you are. Like, you're... You're, it's a joke franchise and, and you're kind of the face of it. And then you, you have some injuries and I'm sure he has opinions about how he was used at times. And like, who's who's looking at Jack Del Rio? Like, why, like, why is Jack Del Rio running an NFL defense in 2023? And, and, and furthermore, like, why does he seemingly have a job for life under Ron Rivera? Like, what's that all about? Like, how about selling low on that kid without ever seeing anybody else have a chance to work with him other than Jack Del Rio, who, I mean, come on. Like all that talent, and, and nobody puts it together. I mean, even the guys they paid, like Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, they're not producing like they were at times two years ago. So I don't know, man. Like, no, I don't. I don't think he's a, a problem. I don't think he's going to be a locker room cancer or anything like that. Um, does he? Does he have a little bit of diva in him? Like, I, I, probably. But again, how many one ones don't? I I, 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 you know. And I think the culture there will be different and the expectations there will be different. And, you know, one of my best buddies who was a personnel guy in the league for two decades says the same mantra to me all the time. Expectations are set by two things, where you were drafted and how much you're paid. He ain't being paid a boatload there, and they didn't draft him at all. They got him as a third-round pick. So there's a big weight off his shoulders, and, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, people aren't going to freak out, but the the – You know, yes, he's got the weight of future earnings and all that, but I I think it'll be a much better situation for him. And every time something goes wrong there, the first person they're pointing at ain't Chase Young. You know what I mean? There's going to be a long list of people before you get to Chase Young. That wasn't the case. here. I live in Baltimore. I live 30 minutes from Washington. Like, he was the poster boy for their futility, and that won't be the case in San Francisco.
2: Uh, Jace, the uh, the Niners got off to that five and zero start, right? And they were looking good. and They're riding high. They had just two giveaways and zero picks in the first five games. Now they've had seven giveaways and five picks in the past three games, um, and four of those of those interceptions came in the opponent's territory. Where are you on Brock Purdy? Were you a believer in what you saw at the last year and this year? Were you skeptical? Has the league adjusted? What are you seeing? What are you hearing?
0: Um, he had arguably the greatest group of talent around him of any quarterback in the league, especially when you factor in, you know, a, a, a left tackle who performs at a Hall of Fame level, and then he did And he, you know, he—that's he, it. I mean, I, I think the most important person on their offense, from like a DVOA or EPA perspective, whatever sort of metric you like to to look at the holistic you know, efficiency of a unit in its totality, in this case the 49ers offense, if you were to take one element out of it to most deflate it, I think it's Trent Williams. And then you have Debo on top of it, who you look at their yards per play, you look at any metric with him and McCaffrey on the field versus one of them not on the field, versus, God forbid, both of them not on the field. It's two different offenses. So... And then on top of that, he's concussed, and now guess what? Now you got to go out there and win some games for us, son. It ain't about, oh, you know what I mean, complete 70% of your passes, throw for 215, and just don't bleep it up in the red zone, and we'll be fine. Oh, yeah, we're going to roll to 30 points, you know what I mean, even if we just run the ball because we got, you know, Trent. Like, it's not that. So everything shifts. And so, yeah, I think for where he was in his career, he was in a situation where, you know, is is he – is he the tugboat doing all the pulling, or is he being pulled? You know what I mean? When, when you ask him to be the tugboat, to pull the San Francisco 49ers offense, and especially their of personnel, you're in trouble. You better hope the defense is at their best. Wait a minute, Oh, wait. What? Huh? Oh, huh? The defense now just looks average. Well, then, yeah. You're, you know, it, that's a different scenario. So, look, I was a skeptic on him. I came out and did a Mia culpa at the beginning of the year and said, he's, he's clearly better than I thought. Do I think he's someone who can win playoff games or win big games against quality opponents without that supreme supporting cast around him? I had grave concerns about that at this stage of his career. I think that's probably, if they get to that point, that's probably going to be a bridge too far.
1: Jason Lockham, we'll see
0: how they recalibrate, you know. At yeah, the
1: well, and uh, and that's actually my uh, my next thought for you, Jason Lockham. For joining us here, uh, Larry is in for dibs. Willard and dibs, ninety-five-seven. The game and a reminder: your chance to play a game of knockout at Chase Center. You got to be listening for the next fifteen minutes there will be a question for you about something said on this show. It could be from the remainder of this conversation with Jason. So you are going to want to be locked in right now and listen for the sounder when you hear it. That'll be your opportunity to win your way into chase and play knockout. So Jason, we were talking about this earlier based on everything you just said. um, Oh, the defense looks average. And maybe Brock Purdy can't pull the tugboat on his own yet. Vegas and many others are clearly still saying they absolutely believe the 49ers are going to figure it out because they remain one of, if not the, favorite to win the Super Bowl. What is your confidence, in whatever form, however it comes, that the Niners are going to figure this out? Well,
0: I would take the field over any team because are you watching football these days? Yeah. Like, who is the super team? Like, the like the, the Chiefs. I mean, we're sitting here, we're talking about the Chiefs' offensive inefficiency and who makes plays in the red zone, you know what I mean? And Patrick Mahomes going through a turnover funk and a decision-making funk. Um, uh, look, I, I, I tell me who's playing, you know what I mean? Tell me how many more games they're like. I know Trent Williams in his career, right, when things kind of start breaking down, it, it 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 tends to snowball. Is that going to happen or, you know what I mean, is he is he going to be good? Um for me, it it all kind of starts there. Uh, they're clearly a very good football team. Um, do I think they're unequivocally, for me, the Super Bowl favorite? No. Um, I don't think there's a ton separating them from the Eagles, from the Lions. um Try to think in that. I mean there's nobody in the NFC South, right? I mean I'm trying to think <laughs> if I'm missing anybody. No. Like I Lions that's kind of Lions buy the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys beat bad teams, but that's you know, that's all they do. So yeah, I mean that's those three teams for me are, are the the cream out there. Um, you know, maybe Seattle. You know, I'm still not I'm not quite buying that yet. I d I don't buy Gino personally. I mean I don't know that he's a guy who's gonna win your playoff games. We'll see. Um but yeah, I'd have a hard time picking between them personally. I kind of like the Lions, but they
2: look good. They look good, and Goff's playing the best ball of his career. I got to ask you about the the the, the Niner run D um, under D'Amico Ryan's a year ago. They had the best run D in football, mm-hmm. um, and and now this year. They're giving up, you know, I they think they're 24th in yards per game, they're 27th in yards per carry over the past three weeks. And I look at Steve Wilkes, and I like Steve Wilkes as a guy, but Jason, since 1996, Steve Wilkes has had 16 different stops along the route and probably about 20 to 22 different jobs. Is that a concern? I mean, what do you know about Wilkes as a defensive coordinator? I like
0: Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Steve Wilkes did a hell of a job in Carolina last year and really... I I think he. I don't know what more he could have done to get that job. Um, I. I, What? How? How well do you think? How grade the San Francisco? What grade would you give their D line through half season?
1: Mm, I mean, yeah. Are we grading it based on what we thought they were going to be, or just in a completely general?
0: Thought they were going to be and what they are. Oh gosh. I I think that's probably your right. You know what I mean? I, if you would give them an A, and this is what it looks like, then I'd say the coaches. You know what I mean? Then okay, but like, I don't know. Like, how how well do you think they've played? Because I don't I don't think his run fits or his scheme. You know what I mean? Is 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 going to undermine their ability to wreak havoc at the line of scrimmage, at the I, point of attack?
2: I don't know. It's the same. If it's the same group, I mean, to be completely honest, they lost Shahir, They lost Jimmy Ward. Yeah. They lost Tart. They've, they lost Manuel Mosley. They lost some of their best run defenders on mm-hmm. the back end. And it seems like, you know, Hargrave, everybody, hey, look at Hargrave, shiny object, yeah. new free yeah. agent. Everybody's like, wow, this defense got Hargrave. Nobody really paid attention to all the departures. And now you're looking up and you're going, wow, this doesn't look like the same group as a year ago.
0: Yeah, and that might be your answer. And, and nobody can, like, who's got everything? Nobody that you know, that's that's why there were so many teams that are pissed off right now that this owner or this, you know, this GM didn't have their stuff together enough for me to make that trade. So I I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know that it's what it was. And now you add a chase young and are they going to be able to pin their ears back even more? And you know what I mean? Disrupt the passing game to the point where who cares? You know what I mean? Who cares what the what the yards per carry against us is because we're back to having this formula where we're up by two scores at halftime.
1: Jason, great to have you today, man. Thank you for uh for hopping on.
0: My pleasure. Anytime.
1: Thank Thanks, you. Chase. All right, there he goes. Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockinfor. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast.